Hey, Diz After Dark listeners. I want to invite you all to join us over on ScareZone, Halloween Horror Nights podcast. ScareZone is a news, interview, history, and commentary podcast all about Universal's premier Halloween event. It's hosted by fans and experts like me, Logan Seculo, former WWE superstar Scotty Too Hottie, and Diz After Dark's own Chris Ripley. Subscribe however you get podcasts and head over to ScareZone.com for more information. We here at the show are proud supporters of Diz After Dark. And remember, keep your eyes closed and your ears open on ScareZone. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick, and uh, I've not yet been deported from America, so that's good. It, it helps, of course, that I'm not over in America. And speaking of people being uh, deported from America, <laughs> in a strange coincidence, <laughs> I'm joined by Mr. Dolan. Good evening. Hello there, everybody. It's been a while. It but uh, Yeah, we just got kicked out of the States last week, back on the Mayflower. <laughs> Took it out of dry dock and packed us all on it. Perfect, perfect timing. Um, I'm, I'm also joined by uh, the other Paul, Mr. Paul Dulles, Paul Washington. How are we doing? Good, good, good. And saving the best for last, of course, is... Oh, no, I've already introduced myself, haven't I? Who else? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amanda. Hi. <laughs> Our <laughs> little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Oh, Cheery yeah. and bright. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on on this uh, cold November Eve. Um, so, uh, how is everyone doing? Awesome. Depressed. <laughs> oh, Paul. Post-holiday post depression. Post but holiday we've already break. started planning our next one, so that's cheering me up. <laughs> post-holiday blues sounds like a Bob Dylan song, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it'll probably be crap, just like most of his output. Yeah, complaints straight directly to me if you if you want to complain about Bob Dylan. Now, um, if you want to join in with us, we always start the show with a drink. Um, unfortunately, while I'd love to know what you are drinking, you can't. I can't hear your response. So um, now you know what. In fact, just I'm going to ask you now, dear listener, what are you having to drink tonight, or today, or in the morning, whatever it is. But what are you having to drink now? Shout it out. Excellent. And what I, of course, hope to happen is that I'll be stuck on a train somewhere and somebody will shout out gin and tonic or something. And I know exactly they're listening to our podcast. But what is everybody else drinking? I'm drinking cider today. Cider. Cider, not Siddler? No, not that fancy. Just a um, copper bag. It's really not fancy. Stellar <laughs> cider. It's, they've just got a fancy name. Fair enough. What what flavour copper bag? Um, strawberry and lime. Strawberry nice. and lime. Strawberry and lime. Mm-hmm. One of my personal favourites. Mr. Yeah. D. 
No, I'm I'm uh, I'm detoxing definitely. I uh, <laughs> we OD'd on all sorts of things last week, sugar especially. So um, I'm just on the peppermint tea. Peppermint tea. Yeah, lovely. Uh, Mr. Washington. Uh, my training plan for my next half marathon started, so I'm on the water. Very good. Some people would say hell no H2O, but yeah. not on this show. Uh, I couldn't get Old Faithful today. Um, and I didn't have any beer in the fridge, so instead I've got a bottle of uh, regular Pepsi Max, uh, similar to Cherry Pepsi Max, without the cherry flavour. So cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Now, as we mentioned, uh, Mr. D has... Well, and as you'd have (laughs) not heard his voice, Mr. D has been away, uh, and he's been away in one of our many second homes, that of Orlando. Um, Now... Paul, this was kind of I, 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 was was a trip mainly based around your daughter. Or, yeah, yeah. The, the wheels weren't in motion before that, were they? No, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, young background is youngest daughter Heather uh, applied for the cultural rep program at Epcot. So the people that you see in the various pavilions, the UK pavilion, um, the apply for the cultural rep program and if they get accepted they work there for 12 months so heather was lucky enough to get accepted it's quite a long process and um she started in september as soon as we knew she was going to be up there um everybody jumped on the bandwagon so me wife uh elder daughter elder daughter's fiance and my sister who's never actually been to the states before uh, let alone a disney park so that was all a new experience for her wow so that was the that was the cast if you like why is she, why is she not here why is she not on this podcast uh don't know i haven't got a good i haven't got a good answer to that could certainly <laughs> get her on in the future <laughs> it's always good to hear of a disney first timer um yeah. so so how long was your trip for in total uh, we were there for 14 nights, uh, and we flew from Gatwick. We lived pretty close to Gatwick, so it was quite easy to get there. Flew BA, flight was fine, it was all good. Um, and we stayed at All Star Movies, uh, sorry, All Star Music for the two weeks. And that was kind of, kind of interesting because in the past, when we started going, we always stayed in the value resort. So All-Star Movies, Music, Sport, and well, Pop Century, we stayed All-Star, in all of them. All-Star Paul. All-Star Paul, yeah, yeah. On, uh, in various places, including Twitter and, uh, and the Diz boards and places like that. Um, but because of free dining, the last quite a few times we've been, is uh, we've, we've done uh, Old Key West a couple of times, as, as people will know, if they're regular listeners. And... Uh, French Quarter, so so it's been a while since we've been at a value resort, and I was a little bit worried about what I was going to think about that, or what what people were gonna were gonna feel about that. I gotta say, I was actually really pleasantly surprised. I mean, I did a little bit of research. There isn't much of a difference between the value resorts, but if you look at the various reviews, the music comes up slightly higher because it has been, you know, the rooms have been refurbished fairly recently. Um, we did actually visit the food courts in movies and sports as well through the two weeks. I would say that movies is on a par with music. I'd say that sports, which is the first value resort, is maybe a little bit more basic. Um, but I, 
generally I was quite impressed. If you just need a base for two weeks, um, you know, the resorts are well cared for. You've got a couple of pools, fairly decent-sized pools. Food court is, is good. They don't have a table service restaurant. There's no gym or anything like that. Bus services was was fine as much as we used it. We did have a car, but we did use the buses sometimes. Um, so really, generally, you know, quite pleased. You're, you're getting all the benefits of staying on site. The rooms are a little bit smaller, but perfectly adequate. Two queen-size beds. Um, got all the facilities, including a little fridge and, you know, TV and all of those kind of things. Um, so, yeah, pleasantly surprised by just how well cared for the, uh, you know, the value results were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have any of you guys stayed at any other value resorts? You know, have no, you got any ex- no. Pop, yeah. Pop Century is the only one that, that I've stayed in. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I really liked it, to be honest. I mean, yeah, the rooms weren't much, but I've always, um, my attitude towards hotels is I'm there to sleep. Yeah. And as long as it's clean uh, and, and, you know, fairly quiet, then I don't really care that much about it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to, because, I mean, none of the, I, I don't think any of the values have uh, fridges, do they? They do now, yeah. They oh, didn't They didn't like used that. to. Yeah, they do now. So you've got a little built-in fridge. Yeah. Um, big screen, you know, flat, flat screen TV, iron, iron board. Uh, you know that that's about it, really. Fairly, fairly sort of standard. It is really a standard American hotel room, but it's got the theming. You know, the bedspreads and the artwork and things like that are all Disney, and the resorts have got the big. You know, the buildings have got the big uh, characters. So all star music. It was a combination of music themed with Disney. So the pool has got a kind of scent a piece which has got the three cavalieros playing their instruments for example mm. um you know everything is is disney themed there are hidden mickeys in the railings and you know different places so you do feel part of part of disney world you get the same benefits extra magic hours you get the free transport free parking um because you're an on-site guest um you get all the same benefits and to some extent if you're going to be hitting the parks quite hard then paying a lot more for a moderate or a deluxe resort it's questionable you know whether that's really good value for money because if you've got lots of facilities like gyms and you know volleyball and things like that and you don't use them then uh kind of what's the point really but uh, uh yeah no i mean and that's and that's i really agree with you on that because i mean the, the the one thing that so for you know, we obviously have listeners that know the Florida parts quite well, and we have other listeners that may never have gone to Florida, but may have gone to, to Disneyland Paris. And I would say that definitely the most glaring thing for me with regards to the hotels there compared to the hotels in Disney World is the fact, like you say, that the theming is something else. Mm-hmm. And I love the theming of the All-Star Parks, uh, the All-Star yeah. Resorts, because um, it just it's just over-the-top Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you and are you... surrounded in, you know, massive icons and, um, yeah. you know, I, I like Pop Century's 8-tracks and the giant mm. yo-yos. It's not all just about Disney things. It's that whole thing. Um, yeah. And we've got the Mickey Mouse phone. So they've got the, mm-hmm. the massive Mickey Mouse phone they've got at All-Stars. We, we own that phone. Um, <laughs> so that was nice when we discovered that. I mean, I, I think that 
is is more important to me than those other things you mentioned because like you if i'm going there for two weeks i'm going to be hitting those parks nearly yeah. every day yeah i'm not going to you know i'm not one of these people that um wants to spend a day at playing you know playing volleyball or at the gym or using the hotel facilities i want to be in a theme park yeah making the most of my time um so yeah so i wouldn't miss out i think the only thing with regards to the other results obviously if you like that luxury you'd go for that but um mm-hmm. i suppose also, also the distance uh, yeah because getting back to uh the hotels at the end of the night um you know obviously it all takes a lot longer the further out you are so yeah uh, that that's the only other thing i suppose to to kind of bear in mind yeah yeah that's that's a good point that's certainly true i mean all stars you're very close to Blizzard Beach and Animal Kingdom, so that's great. You're you're really close, um, but yeah, you know, Magic Kingdom is a little bit of a hike. It's probably a well, we 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 would typically take the bus to the Magic Kingdom because otherwise you've got to drive to the ticket and transportation centre and then and then either take a ferry or a monorail. And we did we did that once or twice. It's okay, but at the end of the night, it does take a little bit longer to get back. So we typically would take a bus, and it's probably a twenty-five. 25-minute bus ride from the All-Star to the front gate of the Magic Kingdom. A little bit less for Epcot and quite a bit less for the studios because you're pretty close to the studios at the All-Star. So, yeah, very good. I mean, it's got a Disney shop. You know, the cast members are Disney cast members, so you get the same, you know, quality of service if you go to concierge or guest services. And, And don't get me wrong, you know, we loved Old Key West. We think it's a great resort. But I guess what I'm saying is if you don't have that kind of money, you can still have a great time in a value resort and still get all the benefits of, of staying on site. Yeah. So it's a good option. Yeah. So, yeah, we um, we had, uh, we had we decided to go for the dining plan, even though we'd missed free dining. Um, a little bit controversial. We really did it because we had, uh, five people plus plus my younger daughter and it just does make life a bit easier you know uh, so we did it for convenience so we knew we were probably paying a little bit for that convenience but um, it, uh, it it kind of takes the hassle of it a little bit you know you you know you've got the dining plan you know you're going to eat in Disney restaurants and there are some great Disney restaurants so uh, we we did that, and then we had a, a standard 14-day UK ticket, which, in, interestingly, and I did a little bit of research before I went, uh, when they announced that they were going to shut Disney Quest, they took Disney Quest off of the UK Ultimate Ticket, and they gave you the Memory Maker in its place. However, uh, that's been delayed or I don't know if it's indefinitely delayed or, or what, but it doesn't look like Disney Quest is going to shut anytime soon. Well, if and you listen to can... our last episode, Paul, you'd know all yeah. about it. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I haven't caught up yet. I'm way behind. I'm two, two and a half weeks behind, sorry. Um, but the ultimate ticket does work in Disney Quest. You can get in Disney Quest with a UK ticket. Wow, Not a problem at that's all. Interesting. Yeah, we just breeze straight in. And... Uh, it's exactly the same as it's always been. You know, they haven't upgraded anything. So there are some fun things in there. It does feel a little bit sad, you know, now that you know that it is going to go away. It, it definitely feels like it's just ticking over. So it's a shame. But 
just for anybody who's thinking about it, you can use the ticket for there, definitely, 100%, no problem. Um, just walk in and swipe your magic band. Wow. Yeah. Top tip. So that was that was good, top tip, yeah. Another pass-related thing we did was because, because our, Heather's going to be out there for a year, um, we are going to go back out and see her again. So self and good lady wife, um, we decided to investigate the annual pass. So even though we bought a 14-day ultimate ticket um, on the last day, and we did leave it to the last day, we literally walked into guest relations at Epcot and said, you know, we, we're interested in upgrading. We only had to swipe our magic band. They were able to pull up what we had paid for that 14-day ticket and deduct it from the price of an annual pass, and they gave us the annual pass there on the spot. They just so and it's uh, there's a promotion right now where you get 13 months for the price of 12. So we walked in there with about eight hours left on our magic band, and we came out with another 13 months on our magic oh. band. Awesome. Minus, you know, quite a few hundred dollars, um, <laughs> but, but, but it felt like a good deal at the time. <laughs> well, to be honest as well, because I mean, I, I imagine I've never tried to, to look at packages without tickets, mm-hmm. but I suppose what you, if you wanted to do it, um, mm-hmm. you could even probably stay on iDrive if you really wanted to. Um, you know, you're not kind of tied up. You know, the convenience of staying on Disney properties, you get your tickets and everything thrown in. Yeah. Isn't it? That, that's the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you wouldn't have that. You wouldn't have that hassle of, of mm. doing it. I wonder how much how, how much cheaper it would be to stay on Disney property now knowing that. Like, you haven't got to have mm. your tickets. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, some of the packages you need to buy a ticket with them, um, but again, you know, you can buy like a so for free dining. I think you've got to buy a ticket, but you can again take that ticket and put it towards um, an annual pass if you think that's the right thing for you. And obviously, it depends how long you're going to be gone for and how many times you're going to go. But uh, for us, for us, it kind of made sense. To be honest, we didn't save a huge amount of money or anything but you get some additional benefits so you get money off merchandise and dining and things like that um so uh it just it just seemed like the right thing to do for us at the time but just thought it was interesting you can walk straight into any guest relations they can pull up what you paid for your original uk ticket and tell you exactly what the balance is you need to pay for any of the any of the annual passes and there's different there's about five or six different passes um so yeah that that worked really well really easily you know it was uh they were very efficient at taking our money put it that way <laughs> do you do you get anything like you're doing disneyland paris you get discounts on the merchandise and things yeah yeah you get they give you um they give you a, like a little credit card as well as um you know activating your magic band but you get a little card that you can show and you get a variety of different benefits. And there's a, there's a, a pass holder website and you can go on there and it gives you all the discounts. So typically dining is 10%, but they've got about 45 locations that they're given 20% off. 
uh, and that includes some counter service and then merchandise. You get deals on that and you get deals on hotels and you get free parking and, and those kind of things. So there is a whole website that you can go on. I think the deals change from time to time, but to be honest, we haven't really had a lot of time to check it out. Mm. Mm. And in terms of room discounts, we're, we're kind of hoping our, our cast member daughter is going to help us with that. She gets some <laughs> pretty good discounts. Uh, <laughs> her, her floor. Um, yeah. Just going back to what you were saying before, um, Amanda, uh, Paul, have you have either of you done a dining plan before? I've never done it before. Never seen yes, them. I have. Okay. I have. I had it last time. There was that a free dining package? Yes, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. We stayed at a Caribbean Beach Resort, so we got the just a quick service dining plan. Mm-hmm. Now, and and I'd use it again. Yeah, I have to be honest. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask because I mean I've never I've never used it and I've um, I've never seen I've never thought it would benefit me enough to be honest. But I yeah. can see how it could do. I mean, Paul, I, I'm guessing so you was out of 14 days. We know that you did a bit of Universal, which we're going to talk about on Universal after dark. But yep. how many days were you actually there in Disney? So we, to be honest, this time, because because of Heather, you know, some days she was working, so we'd be able to see her in the morning, but then she'd start work at two or three o'clock. So we probably spent more time in Disney on this holiday than we, we would typically. Uh, we spent two days in Universal, and then there was a couple of park days where we went we went into Kissimmee Old Town to see the car crews and, and one or two things like that. But... Um, we ate in Universal for probably 11, yeah, I think 11 of the 14 days. Now, that gave us some extra credits because obviously we've got 14 table service meals and 14 quick service meals and 14 snacks. That gave us some extra credits. But to be honest, we either used give Heather those credits so she could eat with us uh, because obviously she didn't have a dining plan. Or we also did a breakfast. So that day we used two table service, one for breakfast, one for dinner. And then we also did one signature restaurant, and that requires two table service credits. So so we used up everything. We had we had zero left at the end. Um, that just isn't in my Scottish nature to let any of that stuff hang. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, we did we did visit some some really good restaurants. I mean I think I don't think uh, people realize just how many restaurants, table service restaurants Disney had. And, and the good thing about it is as well that it, it gets you into some of the resorts, you know. So we visited the Polynesian, we visited the Grand Floridian, we visited the Yacht Club, the Beach Club, the Boardwalk. Uh, and those, those are great things to do anyway, you know. Just mm. some of the resorts are beautiful and it's just good to, to uh, kind of walk around them for a little bit. I, I, I've never thought about this, and I suppose I know the answer to it, but I, I assume that the the hotel restaurants, mm. you can just go and visit without having anything else, can't you? So what yeah. I mean by that is you don't need to be staying on property. You don't need to have a Disney Park ticket. No, the only thing that, um, that we've noticed is they've, particularly the hotels around the Magic Kingdom, so the monorail hotels, when you drive to the resort, 
um, they will, if you, if you drive to the resort, uh, they want to check your magic band and make sure you've got a, a reservation. And the only thing they're trying to avoid there is you using that as free parking and being close to the resort. Okay, so so that's the only kind of restriction. If you if you just want to drive in and park at the Polynesian, and say you're you're going to have a look at the the restaurants or whatever, they may ask you to pay twenty dollars to park there. However, if you park at the ticket and transportation centre. Um, and get the monorail to the Polynesian to have a look at the restaurant, no problem. I mean, you still need theme park parking. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's no problem visiting any of the resorts to look at the restaurants or eat in the restaurants. And I think I've mentioned before, you know, if we're, if we're park hopping between, say, the Magic Kingdom and Epcot, Sometimes what we'll do is we'll leave the Magic Kingdom at lunchtime and we'll maybe have a counter-service lunch or a, or, or a quick lunch in the Polynesian or the Grand Floridian and just hang out there for an hour or two and take a rest and then hop to the next park. So there's certainly no problem doing that. They don't mind. Mm. Again, they'll, they'll take your money, whatever, you know, in whatever shape or form you want to give it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, we we definitely you know we had some great meals. We didn't really, you know, have a bad one. I mean, some were better than others, but we did try a couple of new places. So we tried uh, Yachtsman Steakhouse, which is a signature restaurant, for the first time. Never been there. Uh, had one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. It was it was absolutely fantastic. Nice restaurant. Places uh, you know good service. Uh, the only thing that was bizarre was um, myself and, and Kerry, my wife, we shared a 32-ounce porterhouse steak, right? Which mm. sounds like, it sounds massive, but actually it's got a big bone in it. So um, when you take the bone out and then split it in half, it's probably about a 10-ounce, 12-ounce steak, but it is absolutely fantastic. Now, this 32-ounce steak, it comes with uh, three sides, I think, yeah. So one is like... Uh, sautéed mushrooms, sautéed onions, and then you get these French fries, which are coated in vinegar powder. So it's fancy French fries, if you like. The French fries came, and it was the tiniest little portion of French fries you've ever seen. Now, normally in a Disney restaurant, if you said, you know, could I have some extra French fries, they'd say, yeah, no problem. But they actually wouldn't give us any extra French fries. Now, oh. that's, that steak was $116. Wow. For two people, admittedly, but on the menu, obviously we were on the dining plan, but on the menu, it was $116 for that steak, and they wouldn't give us an extra portion of fries, and it was, we had about eight fries each, I kid you not. That that, that bugged me a little bit, but uh, Absolutely. That, was, that was my only complaint. Apart from that, everything else about that meal was, was excellent, so I really enjoyed that one. Um... We also tried Splitsville at Disney Springs for the first time. Oh. That one's, yeah, the bowling alley. That one split the crowd. So, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't even realise that. That was that was unintentional. No, that really did. We had we had some people who had some cold food, and we complained, and they they replaced it without any problem. So they were great about that, but should never have been cold in the first place. And then, probably half the table really enjoyed the meal, and it is relatively inexpensive for for disney so 
you know, like a, a main course was about sixteen, eighteen dollars, which isn't too bad. Cheaper and than the desserts. Steak. Well, yeah, and the, 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 it's cheaper than the steak. Yeah, and the, and they're massive portions. I had a pizza that was, you know, huge, and then the desserts are huge and very, very good. So, um, personally, I really enjoyed it. I think we'd go back and give it another chance. We just had a couple of little issues with, you know, how quickly the food came and the temperature of it. But uh, certainly give it another go, I think. Yeah. Um, so just looking through the parks and really just wanted to talk about the things that we did for the first time. So last time we were there was 2014. So what was new since 2014? Um, in Epcot, uh, we... We saw the new Soarin' ride. Um, Amanda, Paul, have you have you seen that the new Soarin' yes. film? Yeah. What did you think of it? Well, I talked about this on one of the last episodes yeah. where I sat on the side and everything mm. was bent on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I felt like that ruined it a bit for me because I don't really remember noticing it that much before with the old one. Yeah. But it was really, really bad this time. The good news, though, Paul, is that the Leaning Tower of Pisa was straight. <laughs> <laughs> but by the Eiffel Tower was bent. Like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, I I was quite happy because they kept the pre-film, pre-show film, which I thought was quite a nice little thing with Patrick and... Um, and they kept the music. I think they've tweaked the music a little bit, but it was the same basic music. So I was I was pretty happy about that. And the film generally, I really liked. I thought it was a good upgrade. And obviously, the the definition of the film and the quality of the film is a lot better. You don't have the dead flies stuck on the, you know, the projector and things like that. Um, the only the only kind of little niggle I had was. So you know a couple of the animals are CGI because they have to be. You couldn't get them to act that perfectly. But the Taj Mahal scene, sorry if this is a spoiler for anybody, but the Taj Mahal scene, I, I thought that was really CGI. The others didn't bother me, but but that one just kind of stood out as, as being definitely CGI. But overall, you know, it was a hit with us as a family. We, we liked it, thought it was good. But we didn't sit off to the side, so that's interesting, Amanda. Mm. Yeah. And then we did the Frozen ride. Um, so what used to be Maelstrom in the Norway Pavilion is now Frozen. I think a lot of people know that. Um, we had some fast passes for that, so we rode that twice, I think. Um, it's the same basic ride system as before, same boat ride. Um, the scenes... I thought were amazing. So the animatronic, I don't need, I guess it's almost animated because it's part animatronic and then part uh, projection like the dwarfs on the main train ride. So mm. the faces actually are animated and move. And I thought they were excellent. I thought they were absolutely outstanding. Again, my only little niggle was some of the connecting scenes. So the transitions from one scene to another, I thought were a little bit basic and, you know, could have been... They didn't spend much money on the transition points. I think the the main scenes were great, but but those were a little bit lacking. I thought. But hey, it's very very popular, so it's obviously doing quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you and you and Chris both liked, didn't you, Amanda? Hmm. You and Chris both liked it. Yeah, sorry. 
No frozen, frozen ride. ride. <laughs> yeah, we loved the frozen story. <laughs> about, I love it. Um, yeah, we loved the frozen ride. I think it was so worth the ninety minute wait, and I've never said that about a ride. Ninety minutes. Wow. Yeah. 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 Did you fast I mean, pass it, Paul? Yeah, we fast passed it. Yeah. Yeah. I so couldn't I think... get a fast pass no matter how hard I tried. I just couldn't get one. Yeah, I mean, it was very, it was very, very popular. Um, but yeah, we, we fast passed it. I think we waited ten minutes. But uh, wow. I don't know, ninety minutes. E, I'm not sure I would have waited ninety minutes for it. It was good, and I did really like it. Um, but yeah, we probably would have waited ninety minutes if that had been our only opportunity to see it, because yeah. I definitely wanted to try it. I mean, we every time we went to Epcot, we were like, we are definitely doing this ride today. We are not leaving until we've done it. And then it was like three hours every single time. Yeah. And then on our last day, we were like, we're going to have to do it. We don't have a choice. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that was the new stuff. When we were at Epcot, Food and Wine was on. And I, 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 we've been to Food and Wine, but it was a long, long time ago. It was probably in the early days of Food and Wine, and I just can't believe how much it's grown. And the park was heaving every day. I mean, that is just—it was. I was quite shocked at just how popular it is. Even on a a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it didn't have to be a weekend. In you know, at twelve noon, um, the Food and Wine Festival is is packed. Um, and I would have to say that, you know, I've, I've got a touring plan subscription. So before we went, I checked out the touring plans uh, crowd calendar. And it gives it a rating of 1 to 10, 10 being, you know, really busy like Christmas Day. And the ratings were generally, you know, 4s, 5s and 6s. And in actual fact, now that, we've, now that we're back, you can go back and look at retrospectively what the crowd levels were. And they were actually 7s, 8s and 9s. And you know, for for the beginning of November, that just seems incredible to me. And this is where I wanted to get on my soapbox just a little bit. Um, you know, the the hours that the park are open are reduced during that time period. So you know, typically the parks aren't open as late as they would be during the summer, and they don't open quite as early. So you know, most parks are opening eight or nine, but Sometimes the parts are shut in at, you know, six, seven, eight. Um, longer on a weekend, so there was a couple of later nights on the weekend. But when you've got food and wine on, and then on top of that, they added the race weekend for food and wine, which made it even busier again. Um, then you've got the Halloween parties, which run straight into the Christmas parties at the Magic Kingdom. So there's evenings that you can't access the Magic Kingdom unless you've got a ticket. Then one night we were there and they were filming for the Christmas show, which made it really busy again. Okay, it was good atmosphere, but but it's making it really busy. And then they've got quite a few things down for refurbishment. So when we were there, Big Thunder Mountain was down, Dinosaur was down, Rock and Roller Coaster was down, Stitch was down. That wasn't any big loss. <laughs> but then you've got you've got Blizzard Beach, which is shut as well. So you've only got one water park, and they're still charging you full whack. I guess my my kind of uh, if there's anybody from Disney listening, I say I think I think you got to kind of look at your strategy there because 
the strategy has been create all these events to drive people into the parks and drive attendance and hotel fill rates. And that's great. It's been really successful. But then to cut back the park hours and refurb everything, or a lot of the big rides at the same time, it didn't, it didn't feel quite right to me, you know? Um, if, yeah, if that the, seems like a lot to be down all at once. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I certainly thought so. I mean, when we were in the studios, it really, it really didn't feel... You know, people used to say that the studios were a half-day park, and I never agreed with that. But now that they've taken up quite a lot of stuff for Star Wars, and, and then with uh, Rock and Roller Coaster being down... For us, you know, there was really only Tower of Terror, Toy Story, and um, I guess I guess you could say Great Movie Ride, but um, the rest of it was shows, and you don't want to do show after show after show after show. You know, you want to be breaking that up with some rides as well. Um, what were the cues like for Tower of Terror then? Because when I was there and Rock and Roller Coaster mm-hmm. was open... Yeah. I've never seen the queues for those two rides as long as what they were. They were, like, consistently at least 70 minutes every day. Yeah, I would agree. I would say that, you know, typically you would... In the past, we've walked up to Tower of Terror and it's been a walk-on. Or they've got that yeah. little 13, you know, a little jokey 13-minute exactly. wait time. No, I mean, if you didn't have a fast pass, you were probably looking at at least a 40-minute, 60, 70-minute wait for Tower of Terror. Um, Toy Story Midway Mania definitely adding the extra track has has brought down the wait times but still 40, 50, 60 minutes you know, okay it used to be two hours but um, it's an improvement but yeah all the parts were were really busy Magic Kingdom was really busy Um, you had to stay right to the end to get you know, to get a walk on. If you wanted a t- 20 minute wait, you either had to be there first thing in the morning or, or be there late at night. And, you know, we've gone in August and it's been, the, the wait times have been less than they were in November. And that just seems crazy to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really busy. And we seemed, we were, you could say we were lucky or we were unlucky, but every time we went to the Magic Kingdom, there was something on. So, one time we went, it was the Chicago Cubs. So they had won the World Series. And guess what? They'd all come to Disney World to see us, to see the Dolans. That was, that was great, you know? Yeah, that sounds about right. Thank you very much, Chicago Cubs, you know? And then we thought, okay, fine, Chicago Cubs are here. We'll enjoy that. So we did, you know, we, we kind of watched what was going on. They had a big photo shoot right in the middle of the uh, the hub or by the hub. And Mickey was dressed in a Chicago Cubs a baseball uniform, and so was Aww. so was Goofy, and it, it was it was quite fun for a little bit of time. But again, the park was packed, and the wait times were really high. So then we thought, okay, we'll come back in a couple of nights. A couple of nights later, we come back, and they're filming the Christmas special. So they got um, Boys to Men and JoJo and all sorts of people performing on stage. Which again, you think, great, we watched them for a little bit, and it was quite fun for five or ten minutes. But the part was absolutely rammed and wait times were up at, you know, hour and a half and and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, it was a really busy, it was a really busy time. I was quite, it didn't spoil it. You know, we, we've been there enough that we had little strategies and we were there for two weeks. So it was long enough to, to get on everything we wanted to get on. But um, I think if that was your first holiday and, you know, you were, you were gone there in November thinking it was going to be really quiet, you'd be, you'd be a bit shocked, I think. 
Do you think, going back to the studio talk, do you think that maybe what they've done is they've tried to make um, Hollywood studios the equivalent of uh, Walt Disney Studios in Paris? So we've always, you know, everyone's always talked about it being a half-day park, and they mm. thought they'd follow suit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they've done it deliberately. I mean, you know, Star Star Wars Land is going to be massive, and and the little Toy Story thing is going to add as well. I don't think that's going to be massive, but um, you know, it's a huge area they've got. Um, we actually got a look. There's a there's an overpass. We just happen to be driving around the back of the uh, the back of the studios, and there's an overpass. And from that overpass, you can see into the area, and you you get a look at just how big it is from inside the park. It's hard to tell how big it is, um, but man, it's a it's a huge area, you know. So it's going to be great. But in the interim, you know, they've put some extra things in there. There's a there's quite a good little Star Wars show. Um, on the centre stage in front of the Chinese theatre, and they've put a thing called the Launch Bay in, which is a kind of walk-through Star Wars exhibit, and mm. you've obviously got the Frozen sing-along. So they've tried to plus it up a little bit. You've got the Star Wars fireworks at night as well. Um, they've tried to plus it up, but that isn't the same as a as an e-ticket ride, you know? No. Like a rock roller coaster or a Tower of Terror. Um, so, yeah, I think you know, for the next couple of years, the studios, you know, you're not going to get full value for money, I don't think, out of the studios. Um, still a good park, still love it, but, uh, yeah, it is a bit impacted right now. I wonder if there's yeah. another reason why maybe um, Disney Quest is still being accessible on the passes. Mm. Could be. I mean, the only thing is they're not they're not pushing that. They're not telling people that you can... But they're not pushing Disney Quest, are they? you can still they? use it. No, you know no I mean? they're not. I think know. the thing is, like, yes, they're not going to push it, but at the same time, maybe that's why it's it's still active. Yeah. I don't know, you know, it, it seems odd that they announced it, you know, they've kind of made it out that it was taken away, but yet it yeah. still appears to work. Uh-huh, yeah. So, interesting. Yeah. I mean, other observation, like I said, there was a race weekend when we were there, and boy, that is that is big as well. I didn't realise how big that event is and how many people that draws into the park. Yeah. And the other thing was, the other thing I didn't realise is just how big the medals are that you get for running one of those races. They are enormous. I don't know, Paul, you, when you ran yeah. your race, did you get one of those big clunking medals? I mean, they're, yeah, they're fantastic I, looking things. I've got five hanging on the wall. Yeah, because I did the, my first half was the wine and dine two years uh, ago. Right. Yeah. So, and and yeah, that one that one was bigger. Then I've got the the four. In fact, it's six medals because I got the four right. virtual ones and then the Paris one, and they're all the same size. Right. I mean, they are nicely made. They look nicely made things, and there were people there who had four medals. You know, so they've obviously run. I don't know what is it, the five k, the ten k, the half marathon, and the uh, marathon. And the challenge. No, there was a challenge. Right. There was a, okay. the Lumiere challenge, which was the ten and the half. Yeah, I think I had to run for a bus one day, but I didn't get a medal for it. But that was the only <laughs> running I did. But I certainly admired, you know, the the medals. I thought they were. Uh, I thought they were pretty impressive, but. You know, there were literally thousands of people walking around all day with medals on. You think, wow, this is a, this is a big deal. This run Disney thing, and there's, you know, there's, um, there's just publicity for it everywhere. 
it's it's just become huge. I just think like back in like the seventies and for some of the eighties, the only people you used to see walking around uh, with uh, with medals on, certainly in the UK at least, were people that had gone and uh, seen that man in a tracksuit on BBC One on his TV show. Yeah. Yeah. We've mentioned his name quite enough this year, so I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, so, <laughs> Nolan, Nolan. <laughs> now, you said, you said that it was your sister's first time to mm-hmm. a Disney park. Well, first of all, what did she make of America? Oh, she didn't see America. She only saw Disney World. <laughs> uh, no, we kind but... of joked about that. I mean, literally, <laughs> she saw she saw theme parks and and not a lot else. Um, but yeah, I think I think she was blown away. I mean, she she'd done a little bit of research. She's a bit like me. She's a bit of a planner, mm. so she had done quite a bit of research before uh, before we went. But it didn't prepare her for just how big the place is. You know, the first day we got there, I said, okay. Where this is us entering Walt Disney World, and you go under that big sign, you know, the big arch. Mm. Um, and 20 minutes later, we still haven't arrived at our hotel. You know, mm. she just couldn't get her head around that. Um, so yeah, I think it was the scale, you know, the the organisation, just the complexity of it. You know, even the the transport system with the buses and the monorail and the boats. You know, it's all on a massive scale, really, and I think that's what that's what really kind of blew her away. Uh, she she'd expected something like a kind of Alton Towers. You know, there's a there's a car park. You drive up, you park your car, and then you you walk to the front gate and you're in. You know, and obviously it's nothing like that. Well, I think that's the thing when people talk about how expensive Disney is. That mm. I think that's when you know you you look at the comparisons. And like even Disneyland Paris isn't Alton Towers. Yeah. And actually, they're not they're not that similar in price. Mm. Actually, so yeah. um, you know, it's it's not a very fair comparison. It's not a very accurate comparison. But yeah, I mean, when I talked about how big everything, uh, the scale of everything for me, it was like you say that the distance from when you hit the the arch to hit the actual park or, the, or your hotel but also as well it was the streets it was how big everything was yeah you know, england feels like such a small place when you've been mm-hmm. to america anywhere in america pretty much yeah just everything's on a much bigger scale because it can be i suppose yeah um mm-hmm. but you know even even crossing the road on i drive seems a lot <laughs> more strenuous than you know crossing the road over here for example but uh yeah but she but she really enjoyed the parks in yeah she did yeah i mean we we did give her you know well we 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 did what we normally do on holiday but um that meant that she did see a lot you know it wasn't just the four parks we obviously did the four parks but we we did typhoon lagoon blizzard beach was closed unfortunately for refurb um but you know we spent some time at the boardwalk and then we we did visit a lot of the resorts so you know, she saw the Polynesian, she saw the Grand Floridian, she saw the Yacht Club, the Beach Club, the Boardwalk, you know, uh, the Contemporary. Um, we also, as part of the package, we had mini golf. So we did mini golf. At, the mini golf is still open at Blizzard Beach, even though the water park shut. So we did the mini golf at Blizzard Beach. And then we did the mini golf up by uh, Fantasia Gardens. And then we did Disney Springs. And obviously that 
that was a new thing for us because the whole Disney Springs thing um, has happened since we were last there. Uh, so she got to see pretty much everything that, that there was to see, whereas I think a lot of people maybe don't get to the boardwalk or you know don't have time for the mini golf or don't have time for the water parks. They, they concentrate on the four main parks. So, you know, she did really get a good feel for for, for the whole the whole kind of place and uh, and just the scale of it and the size of it. I mean, one thing I couldn't believe was just like Disney Springs, they've done a fantastic job with that center section of what used to be downtown Disney. Um, you know, it does. I mean, it's, it's shopping and, and dining, ultimately, but it is quite high end, and they've, they've you know they've done a great job of it. But they've built these multi-story car parks uh, where it just used to be a flat parking lot, and those things are enormous. I mean, you know, I don't know how many cars they hold, but you've really got to be careful. Make sure you know where you park your car, because otherwise you could you could spend a lot of time walking up and down looking for your car. Um, but yeah, they've you know they've just the scale and the size of the place. I think that's what impressed her the most. And then I think the other thing was she expected it to be just either a lot of little kiddie rides, like you know, uh, it's a small world, or a lot of big roller coasters. And I think she didn't expect things like wishes or eliminations or some of the stage shows like the Finding Nemo show or the Beauty and the Beast show and things like that. So I think just the kind of the variety of of entertainment and things that you can do. I think that, that blew her away as well. Well, it's funny because, I mean, we talked about Disney Springs uh, with, with Chris and Amanda having been there. And mm. also um, we talked last week on the show about um, this new nighttime spectacular they're doing that's going to involve drones because Disney have now been given clearance, literally and uh, metaphorically, to use mm. uh, drones uh, as part of nighttime entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, a, I think, uh, when's it start, Amanda? Is it next week? I think so. Yeah, off yeah. top of my head. And um, but I actually, there's actually been some video release of uh, a preview. They've been doing, yeah. doing some testing. And has anyone seen it yet? No. Yeah, it was only today I saw it. Really, really interesting because I wasn't really sure what to expect with, you know, you hear drones and you know what a drone is, but how are we going to use it? And basically. Mm. What they're doing is they're using uh, lights on the drone to make images in the sky. So if you think about it, so like um, one of the things they do is a Christmas tree. So what happens is these lights synchronize to to literally draw a Christmas tree in the sky. So it's it's really like at first it it almost looks a little bit like with some of the things they're doing with the lights and how they're flickering and stuff like that. It was almost a little bit reminiscent of fireworks in a strange way. But then they were just trying to make pictures with uh, the lights, mm. you know. And um, yeah, it, it looks it looks pretty fascinating. So um, I mean, you know, Disney Springs is not just about a shopping destination. They're trying to make it a bit more of a an all round experience. I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds really interesting. I mean, they they're definitely using technology. Um, you know, the whole kind of magic band experience and RFID technology is does seem to be picking up a pace. You know, we it's all pretty seamless now. You know how how the magic band works with the app. Um, you know, was it, it did enhance 
the experience, I think, for us. The only thing is I'm a bit, you know, I'm a bit old school, really, and you do end up spending quite a lot of time on your phone. I mean, everybody's everybody on the park is on phones all the time, yeah. whether it be checking the app, looking for a fast pass, or whether it be taking pictures or uploading stuff to Facebook. And it does get a little bit ridiculous. And I will I will tell a story here. We were we were going to watch Wishes for the first time, and they've redone the hub. So in the hub, you've got um, little walls now. You've got little raised flower gardens. Mm. And there, were, there was a family of three, so mum, dad, and teenage daughter, who was an utter brat, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, they were sitting on the wall, and we stood right behind them. We said, you okay? We're going to stand here. Are you okay with that? And they said, yeah, that's fine. And um, when Wishes started, so we were there about 30 minutes before Wishes. The whole time we were there, they, they hardly spoke to each other and were constantly on their own phones, right? And then when Wishes started, each one of them videoed the whole of Wishes. No! On, on their own phone, right? Ah. And And the mother wasn't just videoing it. She was, she'd video, say, like 20 seconds and then post it on Facebook. Then she'd video another 20 seconds and post that on Instagram. Then she'd video another 20. And so she was gone through all her social media live. And so you've got, you've got TV, you know, you've got uh, phone screens in front of you waving about all over the place when you're trying to watch Wishes. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, it is... He's over, you know, it's, it's, it's gone crazy, really. Um, Plus, the thing as well is I've yet to see really decent video mm. of a nighttime show. Well, video, not I suppose, is, is better, but like um, trying to take a picture of, of like a fireworks show is just a nightmare. Yeah. Like, it's so hard to get a decent picture. And I learnt this. So, the thing is now, when I go and watch something like that, so if I go and see Disney Dreams or something, for example, I won't sit yeah. there trying to take pictures. There's no point. Yeah. I might, I might record it one night because you know sometimes it's nice to look back on your holiday and everything like that. Although I'm sure. always, I, I always try and have a look around me to see mm. what you know if I'm affecting anybody because I'm I'm quite conscious of that, uh, yeah. which is probably unusual because most people just stick an iPad in the air or something like that to block everyone's view. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't do that if it's the only time I'm watching it. So if I'm if I'm only able to watch it, I probably won't film it. Um, yeah. If I know I'm going to be seeing it, you know, a couple of times at least during a trip, yeah. Then uh, then I don't mind watching it one night and videoing it another time. Yeah. But I think to like if you're only going to see it once, watch it, enjoy it. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the same. You know, I don't mind. I I don't mind people videoing it. That's fine. I've done that. Yeah. That's good. But. All three of you don't need to video it. Not from different um, angles, Jesus, no. No, you know, and um, one thing I will say is that Disney have banned selfie sticks. We we knew that. That's, that's old news, but they I did see them enforce that. We did see somebody try and get in with a selfie stick and was not back. And so we didn't see, uh, I don't think we saw any, or maybe we saw one or two selfie sticks that people had sneaked in. And I'm so glad they've done that because mm. when you're trying to watch Wishes or Fantasmic or something like that, um, it's, it's bad enough that people have got phones in front of you, but if they've got phones and iPads at a high level, then that's just that's just not on, really. No. Yeah. 
So, you know, last thing I wanted to, to kind of ask mm-hmm. you on, on your trip and that was, you know, how did it make you feel to see your daughter as a cast member? It was amazing. Yeah, it's a really good question, Nick. But the first time we saw her, we saw her at the Rose and Crown. She was on the, there's like a podium there where they welcome people to take them into the, the Rose and Crown. And that was the first place that we saw her. And there were about five or six of them. And she's got this Rose and Crown uniform or costume. And it was just amazing. It was really good. And then, you know, we met some of our new friends or new cast member friends, and they were great. You know, kids from um, the UK and Ireland. Uh, we talked to a couple of our managers. He, you know, one of the managers had never met us before, just gave us a bunch of fast passes, said, you know, enjoy these. Um, they kind of they kind of worked together so that um, although Heather wasn't serving us in the restaurant, she's not a server yet. Um, but she'd worked it so that we had a table right on the lake. So we watched Illuminations from a from a front row table. You know, it was it was great. But just seeing her there, you know, it was it was fantastic. It was quite emotional, really. I was quite uh, well, very proud and mm. um, you know, really happy for her because she is having a she's enjoying it. She's working hard, but she's enjoying it as well. Yeah, oh, that's that's great. I've, it's yeah. funny. I've actually never I've never eaten in the Rose and Crown. I've had we had takeaway from the Rose and Crown when we was waiting mm-hmm. for uh, Illuminations. Yeah. Uh, one night, but um, yeah, I've never actually really gone in there. I just stuck my head in one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's obviously on the uh, to do list when we. Well, it, go back. It's funny, you know. We were the same. We we've we've been you know quite a few times now, and we've never eaten at the Rose and Crown because we've always thought, well, if we want, you know fish and chips we can get fish and chips back home let's let's do oh, something well. different you think you know? that you think that well, if you have the fish and chips and the rose and crown you realize that they're nothing like they are back home no they are different but they are they are they were good we that's pretty much everybody had fish and chips i, I made the mistake of having chicken tikka masala not that it was anything wrong with it it was it was fine it was good but i wish i'd had the fish and chips anyway now nah, i've got to be and honest I, i'm not a, i'm not a big fan of the fish and chips there yeah I, it's, they I mean, are it's not horrible mm-hmm. you know but I suppose when you when you are, are looking for what you believe is fish and chips, yeah, to to what they have there, it, it's not the same. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, it was it, yeah, it was nothing wrong with it. I mean, it, it tasted nice enough. It just wasn't what I was uh, looking for. Yeah. Yeah. But I once made a song about it. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. It, what it, fish and chips or the Rose and Crown? No, well, about the fish and chips at the Rose and Crown. Because he really yeah. wanted some, yeah. And uh, he said, no, it's not right. I'm going to have to go somewhere else. And uh, then he recorded, uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for. So there you go. <laughs> True story about that uh, about that song. Um, I'm not sure if this was before you left, Paul, actually. But um, mm-hmm. Disneyland Paris uh, put a press release out about, their, about the 25th anniversary next year. And yeah. uh, their new nighttime show is called Illuminations. Right. But it's it's mm. got nothing to is do that, with the Epcot one. Is that a castle show then? Is that a castle light show? Do you think? As far yeah, from what the, from what they've shown, yes, mm-hmm. it will be. And it, it looks like it's just an evolution of dreams. Yeah. To be yeah, honest, sure. Uh, just a bit, it, a bit more oomph. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is when we were there, um, I'm, I can't remember the name of the new show, but the Celebrate the Magic, which was the previous castle show, that finished one week, and the new show started the next week. So we actually saw both shows oh that's wow. that good yeah 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 we were just lucky it just landed right for us 
and they were both good. I, I, they were different. I wouldn't say one was better than the other. They were both really, really good. So we enjoyed, you know, we enjoyed both of them thoroughly. The the new show, um, it's kind of interesting. It, it featured Beauty and the Beast quite a bit, and obviously there's the new live-action Beauty and the Beast coming up. It was the animated Beauty and the Beast, um, but yeah, I thought the, I thought the Celebrate the Magic was a great show, and I thought the new show was was just as good but different. Well, because Beauty and the Beast is uh, 25 this year. No. Yeah. Uh. Is it? Yeah, 1991, yeah. So yeah. there's been a lot of merchandise, hasn't there, um, mm-hmm. out about it. I know because we've, <laughs> we've been buying bits and pieces of my daughter. But yeah. what a great way to seg- segue into the next part of the show, Paul, uh, mm-hmm. because I was going to ask everybody here if they've uh, seen the new Beauty and the Beast trailer. Yes. Yeah. Now, we are talking, when we say trailer, we are talking about a movie trailer for the new film, not something that hooks onto your pickup truck. That is something else. Um, but but what do we think? I think it looks amazing. I'm not usually massively into the live-action ones, mm. but I think this one looks really, really, really good. And real-life Gaston looks super good. P-dubs. I like the look of it. Uh, I'm not convinced on Emma Watson as Belle, though. Ah. I, a lot of people have said they still see Hermione. Which, is it much of a surprise? Because she l- still looks like Hermione, because that was her face. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't really know <laughs> what else. <laughs> That's like seeing Dan- Daniel Radcliffe and saying, going, oh, yeah. It's like Harry Potter, because it is, <laughs> you know. If you seen Robert, if you go and watch an episode of Cracker, you don't think, oh, Hagrid, because he didn't have a massive bushy beard. But with those the, the people playing those roles, there was nothing to really stop them looking any different, unless they put a massive beard on Belle. You know, <laughs> which is, there's I'm, a joke in there somewhere, but I'm not, not going for it. I was going to say there clearly <laughs> is, but I didn't want it to either. I I honestly think. Um, having seen it, there is no way it is going to be as good as that trailer made it out to be. And that's not because I don't want it to be, but because, like you, Amanda, I have not had any interest in the live-action films. I saw... Um, uh, Jungle Book? Saw Jung- Jungle Book of Relights, actually. Mm. Jungle Book of Relights. Um, I saw bits of Cinderella. And yeah. didn't do anything for me. You know, looked nice, but just wasn't interested. What was the one before that? Um, well, you Maleficent, but that was. Was it? Uh, was that? Was well, that, was I, I that don't know if that was the absolute one before that, but I was just trying to no, think no, of no, the live I, action ones. Yeah, I, I think you might be right. I don't think there was another princess film, was there? There was live action. No. We had, I mean, we had Alice in Wonderland, but that wasn't really. You know, that was a different story, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, you're probably right, Maleficent, and we all know how I felt about that one. But um, because it, because I thought it looked bloody good, like I really think it looks good. Um, when I first saw the pictures of um, Lumiere and um, Cogsworth, I wasn't convinced. And having seen Mrs. Potts and Chip, and seeing more of those characters, 
Um, actually, I think they've done it really, really well. Um, Gaston, I think, is great. I'm with you on that. I think... Uh, is it Lefeu? Is it Lefeu? Lefeu, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I like Josh Gad anyway, but I think that's great casting. Um, so he looks good in the role. And I even like the look of Beast. I think they've they've done the best they 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 could with that really, um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, the trailer made it look brilliant, but I just don't see how it can live up to it. I hope it does. I, I don't want it not to, but you know, I just think it looks so much better than I think anyone could have uh, believed it to. So um, yeah, I don't know, but uh, definitely exciting times ahead. Mm. So. Uh, yeah. Some, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen the trailer. Somebody told me that it was good, so I need yeah. to go and watch that immediately yeah. after this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, there was other trailers out. I, I will have talked about Ghost in the Shell, but Ghost in the Shell is now no longer a Disney film. It was going to be a Disney and DreamWorks film, but they uh, that relationship ended. So we, I can't talk about Ghost in the Shell, but check that out. That looks good as well. Um the other news that I wanted to talk about was um, last week Disneyland Paris announced its uh, financial results for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the good news, Disneyland Paris fans, is uh, it set a new record in the last year. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was for the record losses. Yeah. Anyone want to uh, guess at what those record losses were for the last year? Approximately lots. Oh yeah, yeah. But come on, let's ha- let's play a game of higher and lower. Let's hazard a guess. Three hundred million dollars. Okay. Is it dollars or euros? Uh, euros, euros. Okay, euros. Let's say two hundred million euros. Two hundred million euros. Okay. Amanda. No idea. Like I wouldn't even know where to start. Well. Paul started, so you can go high or low. <laughs> don't, don't, don't think I've got any idea, Amanda. Okay, That's completely I'll... random. Could be two pound fifty for all I know. Oh no, no record record losses. It's gonna be big. Mm, okay, I'll say less than Paul. Less, than but two... I don't know what to say. <laughs> okay, less than two hundred. That's like the price of right. The price is right rules. I like what you're doing. <laughs> so uh, lower, less, lower. less than two hundred million. Okay, P Dubs. I think it's higher. Okay, roughly. Uh, I think it was about three hundred and fifty mil. Three hundred and fifty mil. Um, if if you were if you were right, then I think everyone would be a lot more happier than they actually are, uh, because the actual loss was eight hundred and fifty-eight million euros. Oh, they can't sustain that. That is exactly that is exactly the point. Yeah. Absolutely, you're, you're spot on. Uh, don't get me wrong. While we do try and you know this this show is a bit of uh, a bit of fun and uh, you know we try and make light of things. It's, yeah. You know this isn't good news, and no yeah. one's happy to hear that. Uh, you know I, I'm I'm definitely not as a big fan of the parks, but um, horrendous. I mean obviously they've called out on the fact that you know. The end of last year, uh, well, this time last year, actually, this week, um, was when they had the um, Backland um, shootings um, and that night of terror in Paris. And the mm. parks were, were closed for a few days. Um, 
you know, and, you know, it's not the parks being closed for a few days, obviously, that's had that effect. It's the fact that um, with with that situation, it's, it's meant that less people have been uh, coming in. Um, now, I mean, it's not by much. I mean, actual, the, the actual visitors hasn't decreased as much as you'd think. You know, we're still looking at, um, I think it was 12 million uh, people-ish come through the gates in the last year. So it's not like it's it's uh, it's not like it's it's dropped lots. Um, I think the year before was about thirteen, so maybe about a million or so less. But you know, it's not like the parts have suddenly gone from millions of people to hundreds of thousands. Mm. It's still a lot of people visiting. Uh, but like you say, uh, it, it can't. And I mean, you know, Disneyland Paris were on the verge of bankruptcy a few years ago, and you know that that wasn't the first time. And you have to wonder how many times this is going to be allowed to happen um, yeah. to do it. Um, yeah. You know, the Disney company doesn't own Disneyland Paris. We've pointed it out before, and it's one of the reasons that they, there's things like the Shareholders Club. Um, and that was to do with the original agreement with uh, signing the rights to the park and French law and blah, blah, blah. But um, as you say, uh, you know, almost every year, the park operates at about 100 million euro loss. Mm. Now, it's not sustainable. So yeah, there's a few things. You know, firstly, um, do we think that things will be allowed to change and that Disney can fully own the park? Um, you know, that that's one thing that people are are suggesting i mean i think it's definitely the situation disneyland would like to uh, to be in i think it's probably the best all round because you know as with any big corporation um it can offset things if that's the case um with, with some of the other parks and other ventures another thing that's being touted around is seasonal operation mm. now we were talking about we, we literally talked about this last week not with disneyland paris but with Alton Towers and Thorpe Park, didn't we? Where, you know, those parks close around bonfire night um, yeah. and reopen around Easter time. Yeah, surely would that just work in the opposite way because all the people that can't go to theme parks in England when, like, out of season would then go to parks like Disneyland Paris? Well, yeah, and and you know, let's let's look at it as well. Not not just like that, but also, you know, Disneyland's probably busiest times a year are you know the summer season and the Halloween uh, run up and Christmas run up. So yeah. you know, w- you know, if you were to close the park seasonally, what would you do? Because you wouldn't want to close at Halloween and miss out on Christmas. It's a big season for them. Exactly. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, but but something's going to have to be done. Yeah. I think, I think that's it. So uh, time will tell. Uh, and I think the 25th anniversary is going to be a very, very pivotal year for Disneyland Paris in, in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And just one other quick thing I wanted to mention before we, we end the show. Um a little bit of news that's been breaking the last 24 hours or so is that um, rumours are ever increasing that um, Disney are looking to acquire Netflix. What? Yep. 
That's weird. No, I thought. I thought... Yeah, yeah. It's it's not that this has come out of nowhere, but uh, you know, uh, I think the, there was a meeting with Bob Iger and one of the co-founders of Netflix last week that spurred this on even more. But basically, and it's 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 more of an American thing than it is a UK thing, but it's looking more and more that um, there's going to be more on-demand content than cable services. So in the UK, really, we have Sky, and then you have Virgin Cable has a little bit of a presence, and BT has a bit of a presence, and Talk Talk has a bit of a TV presence. Uh, but Sky is kind of still the, the one-stop shop for a lot of people. And the last few years, we've had, uh, you know, Amazon Prime, we've had Netflix, um, we also have Now TV, which is Sky, but, you know, on-demand Sky. Um, so things are definitely moving that way, but in America, it's really, really taking a turn. And actually, um, Time Warner have bought um, DirecTV, and they're going to try and move people away from the, the, the usual cable packages to this online platform where they'll be able to have access to things like Game of Thrones and, you know, all of the HBO content and everything else that Time Warner own as well as what DirecTV uh, offer their subscribers. So there's a massive, massive shift in culture at the moment. And um, Netflix, in a way, are kind of being left behind after being the pioneers because they can't offer those kind of things. You know, a lot of their stuff is, you know, even if it's if it's fairly recent content, is by the time it's on there, seen as a little bit dated. Whilst with, you know, this new offering from them, with things like Hulu in America, you're able to watch things the very next day. So if you want to, you know, in the same way that we have iPlayer in this country for the BBC, you know, they have all of these on-demand services that you can watch last night's episode of Gotham or last night's Modern Family, if you wanted to, um, using these services. But you, you don't get that on Netflix. You get things on Netflix months after they've aired elsewhere. So um, Disney have obviously dipped their toe in the water over in, in Europe with Disney... Is it Disney Life, it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone actually... Because I've used Disney Life, but has anyone else used Disney Life? No. No. I used it when it first came out, and it was awful. It's, I, I think it's very expensive for what it is. It's ten pound yeah. a month, I think, and it's you know it's literally just got Disney content on there, which is good, but doesn't have everything that Disney own on there. So there's still things you have to get from other platforms. Um, and its main selling point was that you could download um, a couple of apps from the App Store for free every month, um, which you know, it's great if you was going to spend the money on the apps, but I don't think everyone would do. So 10 quid a month seemed a lot for what they were offering. So if they did get into partnership with Netflix, it gives, you know, a, a lot gives them a lot of options for things uh, to do with that. Plus, in a lot of countries already, they have um, deals with Netflix to show their films. So their back catalogs already on Netflix. So it, it, in a lot of ways, it would make sense. Um, but yeah, I just thought that'd be quite interesting. Yeah. But early doors. So you've, you heard it here first, but, um, I'm sure it won't be the last that you, you hear about it on here as well. But, 
Yes. Uh, was there anything else before before we wrap up? Or yeah, there's a new light show at Hollywood Studios. Okay. Called Jingle Bell Jingle Bam. Jingle Bell Jingle Bam. Yeah. Jingle Bum. Bam. Right. <laughs> you say bell, you say bum. You know, it's yeah. yeah. And on. I guess this is what's replacing Osborne Lights, sadly. Oh yeah. What, what is it then? Basically, it's not very different from the Star Wars show. It's it's on the Chinese theater, and it's kind of like light projections and lasers. I mean, it looks pretty cute. There's snow and fireworks. But it started yesterday, so haven't really seen a lot of it yet. Yeah. Okay. I'm really surprised that the, you know, the... And this is an idea of Disney, so if you're listening, you can have this for free. But I'm really surprised they don't do a version of the Osborne lights at Disney Springs. I just think that would, would you know, they would draw in so many people. So many people would come and see that at Christmas. Because the Osborne lights were phenomenal. I don't know if any of you guys got to see it. We, we did one time, and it was amazing. I think you did P-Dubs, haven't you? Sorry, what was that? I didn't quite catch that. Osborne lights. Yes. Yes, I did it. I've done it a couple of times. Yeah. I was just saying, I, I don't know why they haven't done it at Disney Springs or, or, you know, move it to Disney Springs or move a version of it. I mean, you could probably do it with yeah, permanent think... LEDs now. But I just think yeah. at Christmas it would be a huge draw. The only thing I can see the reason why they haven't is because they can't charge ticket prices. Yeah. And I think that's possibly the reason why they've not done it. Yeah. But have you seen I the price of a somewhere. beer at Disney Springs? Yeah. <laughs> I did Holy see somewhere shit. someone else was advertising something that was very, very similar to what the Osborne Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it literally looked like it was the same lights. Yeah. Like they have gone somewhere else, but they're not calling it Osborne anymore. Yeah. So... I don't want to just don't cut a deal with Ozzy and Sharon. <laughs> And just call it Ozzy and Sharon's Osborne Lights. Because, you know, well, different Osborns. Sure, that get around a couple that'd of be, That'd be different. Yeah. And they could shake in the wind. <laughs> and swear <laughs> occasionally, just like uh, <laughs> Ozzy <laughs> Osborne. In a ship of headless bats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just charging the bill. Oh. Well, thank you, Paul. Thank you for sharing your... Um, your trip report, it was, uh, it That's sounded right. like uh, you had a great time. And uh, we did. If you're interested in hearing Paul talk about Universal at his first ever Halloween Horror Nights, um, we will be recording a episode of Universal after that later this week. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look out for look out for that one as well. And um, yeah, you. Yeah, no, I'm not, I was going to say something, I won't, because that will spoil it. So, no, go and listen to Universe Last Dark, and you can hear Paul uh, discuss that. And uh, thank you for joining us again, dear listener, and we'll see you uh, very soon. Bye. Bye. Right, uh, and so for our other sponsor of the show, um, we have Wendy Pratter at Magical Journeys Travel. Don't yeah, we do. Yeah, the the very beautiful looking Wendy Prater. Is she is she on your um, to do list? Like if you meet her in real life, you're allowed to. 
she's um, you know when you open the wallet. Yeah. She, she's the picture in my wallet. I get you. I get you. But other than our lust uh, for Wendy, um, her and her magical journeys are there to help you plan your next Disney vacation. So whether that's a Disney cruise or a trip to Disney World, Wendy can help you by getting your reservations at midnight, getting those all-important Be Our Guest dining reservations or meet and greets with Anna and Elsa. And uh, I think if you quote this podcast, Craig, get a bit of a discount on your uh, deposit, don't you? Yeah, yeah, $25 off, yeah. There you go. So, next time you want to book a holiday, give Wendy at Magical Journey Travels a little tinkle at WPMagicJourneys.com or on Twitter at WPMagicJourneys. God bless Wendy and all that sail in it. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.